Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for students looking to get ahead, but a terrible resource to learn how to properly smuggle pugs, which I'm just going to call puggling. A pug smuggler? Pug smuggling ring. Yeah. Oh, no. I can neither confirm nor deny my Every day I'm puggling. In, my, in the puggling ring. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> my name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend, Martin. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite life-improving purchases, all of which are, I believe, under $50. Unless you at buy least, somewhere that's not good. They At least they were under 50 bucks when I bought them. But then again, you and I are ancient. So I believe $50 in... Whatever year we bought them in, it's probably like a thousand now. That's true. There is inflation. There's a lot of inflation. It's expensive. I've now. been alive since Garfield, like not the cartoon character. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. like the other one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he was the president. I thought of. I don't. I don't. <laughs> like know. I could have thought of like Lincoln. Or, I don't know. I, I definitely thought of the cat first. Who's the best? And the pipe strip. Who's the best president? Uh, and why is it Miller Fillmore? Probably it's. I think it's Martin Van Buren because he's got a solid name. That is a pretty good name. Uh, but what about Thomas Jefferson? Mm. How many presidents share a name that aren't like Junior? That's a that's a question for the audience. Actually, I don't know because that's a, that's a that's a lot of thinking there. It's forty five. <clears throat> yeah, presidents and to go you through. know I don't like thinking. That's true. I don't like thinking either. Um. Which, why are we in this line of work? I don't know. It's I could a, be it's, digging It was kind of an accident. Blissfully unaware of everything going on around me. I am a victim of a series of accidents, as are we all. That's true. Uh, we already talked about the, the redesign last week, right? Yep. Do we have any f- special fun announcements? Or do we just have to... Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Get into the content? Oh, no. They're going to be happy. We got into me. what we said we were going to do. <laughs> no, no. I can think of something to distract us. I can think of something... Uh, I can't think of something. What's your favorite Crayola crayon? None of them. Oh, no. I was always a colored pencils kind of guy. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Those are pretty good. And I also liked markers, but then I always left the cap off because I was a stupid kid. Off the top of my head, I'm going Robin's Egg Blue or Tickle Me Pink, but I'm not entirely certain. That's pretty cool. I can't say I know any of those special colors, so... It may be the case (laughs) that I didn't know many more than those two. Those are the only ones you know. Okay. I like black. like my soul. Solid color. My brother has a black Kia Soul, and he always just likes to say, my, my soul is black. I could see that being a good reason to buy that car in that color. Yeah. All right, let's just get into it. So all of these things, like we said, are less than $50. Many of the things on my list are far less than $50, but uh, they've all improved my life in general. And do you know how many you have? Do you have 10? Yeah, I have 10. Okay. I didn't, I didn't put the number in the title, so I may have forgotten how many we were all... Oh, that's fair. Coming up with, uh, so I think, unless you and I have overlap, we're going to end up with 20. Yeah, and le- and if there is an overlap, it just means that the item was so important, we both thought of it separately. That's true. Yeah, we did not collaborate on this list whatsoever. No. There are two separate lists. Uh, oh, the one thing I did want to mention is I am aware of the irony 
that we did a debt episode last week. And now we're telling you. Now we're telling you. No, it's okay. These are cheap now. So here's the thing. Um, I have had to just get over my aversion to weird irony, things like this. Otherwise, so this is a big thing for me. I want to do more content on how to pay off debt, personal finance, all this kind of stuff on my YouTube channel. And every video on my YouTube channel is sponsored. Ah, so it's like, so there's like this part of my brain that's like, how dare you advertise things that cost money when you're talking about how to get out of debt. But I mean, number one, the show must go on. Two, I do believe in the products that I'm promoting and not everyone is completely broke. And three, like if you are completely broke, then don't buy what I'm promoting. Yeah, uh, don't go into debt for the items we're about to talk about. Please, get yourself out of debt. Don't, Don't do it. Stack those dollar bills or whatever currency that your country happens to use and then buy these things if you want. Yeah. Also, also only get these things if you think they're a good investment. We're about to tell you why yeah. they probably are. But, you know, don't don't just, like, get $500 out of the bank and go rush to buy all this stuff. I mean, there's at least one thing in here that, that personally improves my mental health. And it probably won't work for a lot of people. I'm not so, trying to guess your list, but... I'm just going to say the things that have brought value to my life, and we'll see if people resonate with that or not. Fair. Uh, but I'm going to let you start because I've been talking a lot. All so right. your first item. Okay, so we're going sir. in the order that I thought of them. So take from that whatever sort of meta meaning oh, yeah, you I have, will. I have no order. So, you know, this well. is just how I thought of them. My number first item, first item, under $50, life improving, is a pull-up bar. Okay. Because I hate gyms, but I do like being healthy. And if I combine pull-ups with, like, planks and, you know, like either stairs or jogging or eh, jogging is the worst, but rollerblading. Jogging is the worst. Never um, do it. Basically, I with a pull-up bar, I think I can get enough um, different home exercises that make me feel like I'm making progress Yeah. that I don't need to get a gym membership or something that I would likely stop going to anyway. And I love pull-ups. So. I think you are very correct. And with some of the body weight stuff that I've been doing, like I really think you can. Um, I've been training like this pretty simple yoga move. You just kind of get on your hands and then try to tuck your legs up. So you're only on your hands. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see what you're doing. It's freaking challenging. Um, but that's the first progression to a planche. So I got to work on it. Yeah. But like, that's a great, almost like full body, but a lot of core and a lot of arm stability strength exercise. And if you have the pull-up bar, you can do all kinds of stuff. Uh, and you know what? Overlap. Really? Yep. Is it your first one too? Not the first one on my oh, list. Oh, okay. No, okay. it was that like would, number we've done that seven. So many times. Number seven on my list. So I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it now. Yes. Yeah, we the, might as well. The door frame pull up bar is number one on my list. Um, the one thing I will say about this is you need to measure the width of your door. Yeah. Because you and I have very wide doors, and your first pull up bar that you bought here was actually too short. So no, I had to, to like DIY it, and, yeah. I, and I'm not sure it was a great idea. But you got a but better one now, right? I have one that looks like yours now. They had a better one come out in Target. Oh, cool. Later better. later on. There's actually a lot of designs for these things. And I've seen some people selling like some custom ridiculous ones for 60 bucks, but mine was 22, I want to say. Mine was, was in that range. Uh, and the one the thing I love about mine is it has multiple grips. It's got a wide grip, it's got two different widths for parallel grip, and then it's got um it's got chin up and then it has wide chin up or close grip, outward grip if you want to. Yeah. Uh, and my my setup is more than $50. So to not cheaty face it, I'm just going to say the pull-up bar itself 
is the thing on my list. But hanging off the pull-up bar now, I have gymnastics rings. Those were $30 from Amazon. And I have, um, at any given time, a pair of Ninja Warrior training holds. Yeah. These, I would say, are not that necessary for people just wanting to do general fitness. Like, I've got ones shaped like bananas. I've got ones that are big cylinders for pinch training. I've got ones that are just like round, like circular ball shaped. But those are specifically for Ninja Warrior. So I would say if you want to build a pretty comprehensive hanging off the door setup, get the pull-up bar, and then maybe get the gymnastics rings, that might push you slightly over $50. But with the gymnastics rings, you can do dips. You can do all kinds of core work. You can do a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, dips would be so, useful. Yeah, if there's a little bit like you know, like $55 sitting in the bank, I would go for those too. Yeah. They've been a pretty good improvement. All right. My first item on the list was my very first pair of closed headphones. Okay. Which were the Sony XB500s. In fact, I have them. Uh, yeah, they're right here. For video people, they're the, these big squishy ones. And I treat them like a baby because they don't make them anymore. <laughs> you hang them on the wall next to your desk. Yes. <laughs> 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 I didn't think about that. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> but yes, I would do that with a baby too. There's probably like hangers for babies. It's like a trapeze. Thing, right? They're having fun. They have a chest harness thing for babies. Why not also a wall hanger? Just when you're done with the baby for a second, you just... Look, all right. Hang out there for all a right. second. I got to work. I might be a monster for this, but <laughs> what is the difference between those things that hang off the door that you put your baby in and like just one that you hang off the wall? <laughs> <laughs> One's funnier. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the Sony XB500s were $50 on the dot. Uh, but the reason, so I'm not going to recommend those, mostly because they don't make them anymore. Uh, what I am recommending is any pair of good quality closed headphones for under 50 bucks. The ones I typically recommend now are the Audio-Technica ATH-M20Xs, which are often under $50 on Amazon, though Amazon is always screwing with prices, so... You may have to like watch out for a while. I know that Monoprice actually makes a decent pair of closed headphones for probably 20 bucks now, but closed headphones, meaning that they are a little bit isolating. They have at least some layer of foam or rubber or something that's kind of like blocking the sound from the outside world. They just unlock a bunch of new study spaces and workspaces. Um, and I will say like my noise canceling headphones that were $350, those were a game changer. Those yep. make yep. anywhere. I thought about that, but, but those are expensive. You may not get the noise canceling, but it'll still yeah. be good enough if you can but, block out a lot. And for all, like, I didn't get the Bose noise canceling headphones until you and I were probably like 25. Yeah, and I got mine for free from my last job. So, That's like, true. it's not like. Life hack work at a place that gives you noise canceling headphones for free because they put you in an open working environment that's kind of bad for productivity. You win some, lose some. No, I mean, I still got the headphones, so <laughs> I win true. some. You did get the headphones. But yeah, I went through all of college without noise-canceling headphones. All I had were those closed headphones, and those were great. When my roommate was being loud, like when Quentin was playing lots of video games, headphones go on, play some music, I'm good to go. You know, you can still hear a little bit, but it really does isolate things. Uh, now, for people who don't know much about headphones, with the over-the-ear type, which are called, I believe, circumaural headphones. So they completely like circle the oral cavity. Uh, there are open and closed. Open means that like there's still, there's still like a material there, but it's usually like a metal mesh and the sound can leak out. 
typically open headphones have better sound quality for many types of music just because mm. the the sound is allowed to go everywhere so it creates a more accurate and maybe pleasing sound i would say that's only the case for like total audio files though closed headphones on the other hand usually have better bass and they're isolating so and that's kind of what we're going for here yeah something that isolates for work uh and then the other thing is i don't oh i wrote down the model the model price 8323 was recommended by a website called Sound Guys. Um, and I've talked about how I don't really like to meditate the way you do. But one way that I do like to meditate, and this was kind of started when I got my first pair of decent headphones, I'll just lay on my floor in the room, turn the lights off, and listen to a song that just, like, makes me think. And that's, I don't know. I think that's actually life-improving. I once did really that to the whole Mars Volta catalog. Really? At least at the time, you know, it was all the ones that were out at the time. It yeah. was like five and a half hours straight. I just kind of sat there, listened to it, digested it for a while. Mm-hmm. I do remember when the new Between the Verity Me album came out in 2010. I definitely skipped a class and just laid on my dorm room floor and listened to the whole thing. I do not regret that. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, what's your uh, second one? Number two is... I guess I've kind of gone through two now. <clears throat> Let's see. Number two is a decent chef's knife. So uh, the the knife I use, to be clear, is more expensive than this because I decided to get a fancy Japanese one. But the other knife that I got that's like a $20 or $30 chef's knife Mm -hmm. just from Target is so much better than any of the knives that you'll get if you buy a $20 or $30 set that's like multiple. You know, those knives are bad. I would say like the most basic cooking life hack is and I just don't got, buy a set of knives. I just got one like $20, $30 chef's knife at mm-hmm. Target and it will do basically anything that needs to be done other than ultra fancy stuff. So Ashley likes, prefers using that one rather than like the the Shun knife. She likes that one more than your super duper fancy She Japanese doesn't one. want to use the, it's, she doesn't it, want to it's ruin super it. extra sharp. She doesn't want to have to take care of it. Yeah. Stuff like that. But like she doesn't have a problem with the other one. It mm-hmm. works just fine. It goes through almost everything. It's it's not as fancy and it doesn't make me as happy, but it does <laughs> work just fine. It will make your cooking life so much easier because you, yeah. if you want to get into cooking, it's great for your health. You got to cook like a lot of more plants. You know, most of us yes. don't eat enough plants. And if you're trying to cut plants, you're cutting all these vegetables and your knife can't do it, you're going to be annoyed. And the 20 second rule tells me that you will stop cutting vegetables if yep. you find it to be a hindrance every time. And then you'll start eating out or you'll eat crappy food yep. and so a good, medical bills. A good knife out of all kitchen tools, like a slightly more expensive knife than you're used to getting is like going to be way better than a slightly more expensive spatula or a, you know. Yeah. That's, I would say out gonna, of anything gonna you make hold, the difference. the knife is the most important thing. Yeah. The knife may be the most important thing. Uh, it, makes, it makes a big difference when you're prepping vegetables. I did not have a chef's knife on my list, but I did have a Ooh. knife sharpening block. Ooh. So my thought behind this, because I wanted to put a chef's knife, and two things prevented me from doing so. The first thing was that I thought you would put it on your list. That's fair. (laughs) Well, I did. I know how much you like your knife. The other thought was, no matter how good of a chef's knife you buy, it will eventually dull. And if you don't have a good knife sharpening block and you haven't taken the time how to learn it, uh, learn how to use it, then you're just going to stop cooking like you're going to go back to the exact same situation you were in before you bought the chef's knife you have to keep it sharpened and it's kind of a pain but once you learn how to do it 
And if you learn how to hone your knife every time you cook, you don't have to sharpen, I don't know, like maybe once a month. It's not that bad. Uh, so what I recommend is one that I got from Amazon, I believe for 30 bucks. It is just, so you can get these like V-shaped knife sharpening things and those work okay. But yeah. what I recommend is a whetstone. And all this is, is a block of abrasive material of some sort. Uh, one side is coarser than the other side. And there are great tutorials on YouTube for how to use these. I believe the one that I bought was the one that Alex French Guy Cooking recommended in his, his knife sharpening video. And all you do is you get the, the whetstone sharp, you move the blade against the whetstone, you flip it into the other side until you kind of feel a burr. And then you'll eventually flip to the fine grit side and like finish off the job. And it will go, you know, from like barely being able to cut a tomato to just slicing through it and making your life really easy. Uh, and I would say don't buy into the marketing hype for the $300 sharpening kits because the $30 one I have is just fine. Uh, the classic way worked just, they cooked a lot of food before $300 marketing yes. was available. Yeah. And I would say in addition to buying that knife sharpening block, I would get a, um, a honing steel. And you could probably get a honing steel at Target or Walmart for $10. It's just that circular stick. And every time I cook, before I start chopping vegetables, I just rub the knife against the honing steel. You can look up tutorials for this too. This basically, like every time you cut with a knife, the edge is so thin and sharp that the moment it hits like the cutting board, it bends over slightly. And that's what causes the dullness. Yeah. So the honing steel basically just brings that edge back into alignment. It brings it back to pointing straight downward instead of being bent over slightly. And that will extend the life of each individual sharpening you do. So combination of those two things and the chef's knife. Well, that's, you the, that's the old one-two punch just we'll now. Keep, yeah, we'll keep you cutting. We'll keep you cooking. We'll keep you from ordering takeout every single night or going to McDonald's or whatever lazy people who don't cook do. I don't know. Yeah. Anywho, what's your next one? Oh, yeah, yeah, because you yours, yours just went right into it. I'm going to keep doing stuff that sets <laughs> up your next one. <laughs> I swear we did not collaborate on this. It was list. an accident. I think we just think alike. We just like good stuff. Uh, three is a good notebook for, okay. for ideas, goals, and your journaling. And it's not just me. Da Vinci, you know, Leonardo da Vinci actually filled out and carried around tons of notebooks. It's, it's a place for free-form thinking. Mm -hmm. And so if I go to a lot of iCloud notes... That's not free-form thinking. I have to type. That's slower. I can't, like, put it in wherever place I want. And sure, maybe I get a big iPad Pro and do it. But I'm suggesting a notebook because it works, and it's much cheaper than an iPad Pro if yeah. you just need free-form thinking. Because there are so many times where I'll come up with an idea or something that, that would be improving one of my projects at mm -hmm. the weirdest time. Or I need to sketch something out to understand it. Sometimes it's a lot easier for me to visualize stuff, even web stuff, if I draw out like, wait, what's it What's it actually doing? Because I can't hold all the imagery in my head right now. There's too much stuff I'm trying to work through. Yeah. A notebook. And, and you, you know what? It's going to be so cheap. Use the leftover to get a good pen because I love writing with mm. a pen that feels good. That's a good one. And yeah. I hate writing with a pen that feels bad. So mm -hmm. like the knife, you want one that, that doesn't like make you mad every time you use it. Yeah, I think the pen is an important one. I don't know about you, because I know you write in moleskins, right? Oh, right now I've got a Leuchtturm because it's got okay. page numbers in the corner. Oh, okay, nice. Um, I've used the Rocket Book, which is a pretty cool thing. But, I mean, for most of my life, I just used the cheap, like, $1 notebooks from yeah. Walmart. It didn't really matter to me. 
the rocket book is cool because you can easily digitize your notes and you can also wipe them away so you can reuse it again and again you know but uh, teach his own i think the pen thing though i didn't think about that that is actually pretty oh good. yeah yeah, you yeah. got to have a good pen. If I was writing with some little Bic pen, I would not like – like I'm keeping track of my uh, daily habits and goals mm-hmm. right now in my notebook physically, and I love doing it. But if I was filling it out with a bad pen, it wouldn't look good, and that yeah. would annoy me. I think the biggest thing is whatever actions you find yourself doing on a regular basis, make sure your tools do not cause friction. Yeah, make it fe- make it feel good. Make yourself happy to fill mm-hmm. out your goals or ideas or to cook. The things yeah. that you know are good for you and that you want to do should make you feel good when you do them. I think that's an area where consumerism will make you happier. Yeah. Like everyone thinks, oh, I'm going to be happier if I buy a bigger house or I buy a boat or whatever. But tools that make your work more pleasurable, the things you were already going to do, those are worth it. Yeah. You know, and like, I don't know, a good pair of boots maybe. <laughs> but that's more than 50 bucks. Uh, the next one for me, really, really cheap. Uh, wall Velcro. Ah. Specifically, there's these 3M. Uh, so 3M makes poster strips. And these are great for putting up posters in your walls if you don't want to damage the walls because they stick really, really well. But then there's a tab. And when you pull it, it basically just like pulls the adhesive down and deactivates it through sheer force. They have the same thing, but there are two of them and they Velcro together. It's not actual Velcro. It's kind of like their own version of Velcro that's only plastic. doesn't have the fuzzy side. But that's how those are on the wall. That's how this entire shelf is held up. That's how all my framed pictures are held up on the wall. Um, and that's also how my wall hooks, which I want to make sure I didn't put that on my list. I didn't. So I have wall hooks that allow me to hang up my headphones, that allow me to hang up my climbing grips and things like that. It's just a really nice way to organize things. Um, it allows me to not just have to rely on regular posters, but I don't damage the walls. Yeah. And I am made happier by living in an environment with lots of art on the walls. Yes. So, and that means that if you want to move art on the walls, Mm -hmm. it is, it is much easier to do so, especially if it's like, if it's like framed, it's just, it looks like you've, you've done no changing. They'll never know that it looked different. Mm -hmm. Even those big audio absorption panels that weigh probably 10 pounds each those are all held up they they get pretty strong yep they get pretty strong my whiteboard is uh was hung up with one oh yeah yeah, and it was a pretty big whiteboard too so i was i was happy when you finally embraced putting the whiteboard in the wall because i was like i can i can have like things not working i can have like one or two (laughs) things on the wall yeah i can have a million things on the wall including a bunch of sticky notes apparently that i've forgotten about well there you go all right that was what Three for me? Oh, I don't have Possibly? any idea. Well, let me just see where I'm, my, my next one's four. I'm so just going to keep going through I, until I... Yeah, I numbered mine, so therefore... I didn't do that. My next is four. So uh, number four is a tea kettle or whatever it is you use to make coffee at home. I don't know, mm. and I don't care which bitter plant water you drink, but... Uh, no, I we need to have a fight about that. Well, I mean, obviously I like tea much better. It's, it's much <laughs> calmer, and calm is what I'm about, but... I don't uh-huh. want to uh, – what? Oh, oh, I scrolled. I'm confusing myself. <laughs> Basically, it'll save money at the least. Because you don't go out and buy tea? Uh, yeah, and if if that's not you know enough for you, I find making my tea to be a very calming part of the process. Yeah. It's like meditative for me to make and drink tea. And I could see it being meditative to make coffee, although maybe less meditative to drink it. But like 
I find a pleasure in, in preparing something simple like that, and it saves a bunch of money. You're going to get a much better quality of, like, tea at least mm-hmm. if you're making it yourself. I don't know if that's true with coffee, but it's really easy to get mm. good quality tea that you can make at home for much cheaper than if you try to go get a good quality cup of tea somewhere. Yeah. I would say unless you're just going to Starbucks or Caribou, like, the quality of the coffee that you're going to buy at the store is probably pretty similar. Okay. You may have small batch roasters who do roasts that you like better, but for the most part, like Starbucks, Caribou, all the big chains, they buy Arabica. The main quality improvement you're going to make is not buying Folgers or Maxwell House or any of the really cheap pre-ground and never buying pre-ground coffee in general. You want to grind it yourself. Mm, Yeah. And making it can be pretty meditative if you grind it with like a hand burr grinder. I would totally do that. And so... I, I can paint a picture for exactly how I know you would make coffee. You would have a Hario hand burr grinder. Actually, no, you wouldn't have a Hario. You would have one of the ones that's like wooden because it looks aesthetic. And you would grind your beans for two straight minutes at a very specifically selected coarse setting. And then you would use a Chemex because a Chemex is this beautiful glass I don't know, container, and then you put like this bamboo funnel thing in it, and then you put a a filter filter in there, and then you just lovingly pour the water in a circular pattern over the grounds. Ah, yes, and I waft the aroma because they taught me in chemistry class to waft things. Always waft. Otherwise, put your nose in Otherwise, it's dangerous. Yeah. That coffee's going to, well, it's not going to do anything. It's It's just coffee, but wafting it looks fancy. That's not how I make it. But yeah, I can see how... The meditative aspect. But yeah, I mean, like the the main thing for me is tea. Just, you know, if coffee's your thing, getting a a coffee thing would be similar. As it turns out. Oh. (laughs) On my list. (laughs) Oh, wait, you know what? I actually had, so what I put was AeroPress and or a loose leaf teapot. So I think we kind of had an overlap there. I put the AeroPress on there because I think the AeroPress makes fantastic coffee and it costs 25 or 30 bucks. Cool. Um... You can go further. I have a burr grinder. I buy good quality coffee from the store, and I buy like the best quality milk that I can find to always like make it basically like a latte. But I think it starts with an AeroPress or maybe a French press or just some preparation method that you enjoy using that's pretty quick and that allows you to make a decent cup of coffee. Um, but stop using the Maxwell House. I don't know if anyone actually buys Maxwell House out there, but. It's filled with Robusta beans, which are really bitter and, and bad. It sounds and like a video game item. I just got a Robusta bean. A Robusta bean. It actually kind of does. So what they do with Robusta beans is they, I think they boil them to get all the flavor out because they're that bad. And then they spray them with a coffee-flavored coating that's totally mm, artificial. Well, whoa. And then they they put like 60% that into you know, like your Folgers, your Maxwell House, and only 40% Arabica beans, which are what you want to be drinking because Robusta is just a hardier plant, so it's so much cheaper to cultivate. Oh. The only problem is the coffee it makes is absolutely terrible. It's got a lot more caffeine. So that's... if you want to get totally wired, like it's good for that. But I mean, I guess if like I sludge. want the part that's potentially harmful over time and not the part that's pleasurable, yeah. then <laughs> you know what they say. If you're going to do something that may not be good for you, make sure it sucks. Yeah, exactly. Except that's not what they say, because that's dumb. <laughs> Did I, I don't think I ever read or wrote this post. I wanted to write a post that I was going to call, like, harm yourself deliberately, which sounds bad. But what I mean is if you're going to do something you know is harmful, like eating junk food, be deliberate and make sure it's something you like. Yeah, make it good junk food. Like, don't buy Skittles at the gas station because you're bored, you know. 
eat junk food because it's like amazing cheesecake or something. Yeah, yeah. Every every time you skip Skittles, you're saving up for something much better. Exactly. Skittles yeah. make my teeth feel terrible anyway. Or don't don't yeah don't buy stupid stuff all week long. Save it up for an awesome fancy dinner at the end of the week. Like buy things if you're gonna waste money, quote unquote, or be frivolous with it. Be frivolous in a way that you remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I had AeroPress and or a loose leaf teapot. So that's that's kind of an overlap. Okay. We think alike. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I I said a tea kettle, so you're gonna need. That's true. The teapot and the tea kettle. Fair enough. We're just like picking opposite sides of the same coin over <laughs> and over. Uh, okay, so n- my number five is a tricky one. Okay. Uh, it's the um, Martin Bamey Fiction Starter Kit. Ooh. I'm gonna, it's a recipe for fiction. I'm going to need you to get three fiction books. This should cost you under $50 unless you are – don't buy really rare editions. That's not the point this here. This could cost zero dollars library card. It could easily cost zero dollars <laughs> at the library. That's the beauty of it. So – Number one is a book with uh, a main character or some other characters that aren't like you in some way. Okay. I don't care what way. You know, religion, skin color, life situations, anything. Are they an alien? I don't know. I guess that's cool. Mm, um, we should each pick a book for each of these. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got, I've got one. So okay. my book here, for an example, is a couple of books I've read in the last year. Uh, the Fairyland series and mm. or The Slow Regard of Silent Things. Because in those, the main character is a girl and I do not consider myself a female but when I read these books like when I read books I get so into it I feel a little bit like I'm the main character and I begin to empathize with situations that maybe would never come up for me mm-hmm. and I think if you read a book where somebody's not like you and you get to start to empathize with them this will make you more open-minded and uh, empathetic and I think yeah. that those things make you a better person in general and at least more socially intelligent yeah I would agree with that the book that comes to mind for me is The Diamond Age. And the main character is also a girl, like a child. Though I think your pick may be better because the author is also female for your book. Yeah, and I, I, I'm i not like a little 12-year-old girl, Neil Stevenson you know? is like me a lot. <laughs> that's fair. But yeah, you know, and there's there's plenty of other stuff that I, I'm planning to read that's like this because it, it is interesting to see through another person's perspective. And I think reading is one of the best ways to do it because you, you picture it all in your head. Where in a yeah. movie... That character is not me. It's that character. Yeah. They're right over there. When I read, I get to be whoever I want Mm -hmm. in the book and identify with whatever I see. How do you position a game like Celeste along that spectrum? Because you're playing as her. I think that, I I mean, I view a lot of video games to be similar to books if the stories are good enough. Mm -hmm. So I like that game. I don't normally play platformy skill games. Yeah. I love it. It's a great platforming skill game, but I loved it more because it had exploration and story and I got to resonate with a character. Yeah. A lot of video games feel like the video game, the person who did it was like, I really want to write a book, but nobody's going to let me. So let's make it a game. Yeah. And the stories are, can get pretty good. Yeah. I mean, a lot of games don't have great stories, but that one, that one, I think that one's a good example. Well, yeah, not, of a lot of games just, don't, but that one's, that one's a good example of what you just suggested here. Yeah. Because you're playing as, I mean, at least if you're me, you're playing as the opposite gender. And I don't know, that game just made me think a lot harder about anxiety and it changed my perspective. Yeah. So stuff like that. And, you know, it could be a game. It could be whatever you want. I chose fiction because I like to read a lot of books. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it's the first one is just something that, that helps you learn to empathize with somebody who's not like you in a different situation. So uh, second book. The opposite, one with a character that resonates with you or inspires you because okay. they are – this is where, like, representation will factor in. So my my book pick was uh, Turtles All the Way Down because the main character has obsessive-compulsive mm. disorder. And that meant a lot to me to read it and be like, oh, man, 
this makes me feel less uh, isolated. This all makes sense. I totally do that all the time, and I know exactly how that feels right there. Yeah. And I think that it doesn't have to be something debilitating like that. You know, It could also be they have similar goals to you. They inspire you to do something you want to do because they, they're good at something that you, you're getting good at. Or maybe, maybe it's a situation in life like they're going through poverty or their parents got divorced. Something that you resonate with. Yeah. That will either help you get through something, make you feel less alone, or make you feel even more like yourself. So, like mm. in TV, in Avatar, you know the the cartoon, not the blue people. Yeah, uh, the Air Nomads made me feel this way because they were so peaceful and calm, yeah. and and you know, and that resonated with me so much that watching that show and being able to identify with those characters made me feel more like myself concerning those traits. So mm. that 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 kind of a feeling, validate yourself. Okay. I think for this one, it's Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. That's fair. And I'm not I'm not entirely like Harry in that book, but there's enough. And that book made me a better person. But it validates like a trait that you either value or, you know, stuff I like that. I value seeking the truth and, and, you know, not becoming too emotional in my responses to things. And that book just made me think harder about that and, and make that a bigger part of my life. Yeah. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by CuriosityStream, which is an ultra-high-quality streaming service full of content for people who love to learn new things across a broad array of topics. Now, if you've been watching or listening to this show for quite a while, you will know that I am the kind of person who has an insatiable desire to learn things in tons of different topics, math, science, society, politics, all kinds of stuff. When I walk into a bookstore, I really don't want to leave. And CuriosityStream is a service for people like me and hopefully like you. They've got content in a ton of different areas, including science and nature and history and technology and society. And all of it is super high quality, really well produced. In fact, this service was founded by the founder of the Discovery Channel, which was probably one of the most useful, if not the most useful channel that I watched on TV growing up. So I kind of see this as a natural extension or the modern version of the Discovery Channel, which is something that's really cool to me. So if you are also one of those kids who grew up watching the Discovery Channel, or you're just somebody who wants to develop a broad array of knowledge in tons of different topic areas, become like that Renaissance person, but also be entertained and engaged while you learn, then I think this is a service that you're going to want to try. And if you're looking for a place to start, I'm just going to recommend the place where I started on the service, which is a documentary called The Age of Hubble, which explores what we've learned about our universe through the use of the Hubble telescope and other super telescopes. It has awesome visuals, and the narrator actually kind of sounds like Christopher Lee, which is really cool to me. So that is where I'd recommend that you start. And you can actually start for free. A subscription to Curiosity Stream starts at just $2.99 per month, but you can get your first 30 days completely free by going over to curiositystream.com slash collegeinfogeek and using the promo code collegeinfogeek during the sign-up process. And I'm going to spell that out for you since a lot of you guys are listening here. It is Curiosity Stream, so C-U-R-I-O-S-I-T-Y stream, S-T. R-E-A-M dot com slash college info geek. And hopefully you can spell that one since you have been downloading episodes of this podcast with that name for uh, probably at least one episode's worth at this point, but hopefully for longer than that. Now, when you sign up for Curiosity Stream, you're going to have access to their library across a ton of different devices. They are on iOS, they're on Android, Roku, Amazon Fire and Kindle, and tons of other platforms, including, of course, your web browser, since they have a web app that works across basically all web browsers. So once again, if you want to get 30 days of completely free access to Curiosity Stream, you can go over to curiositystream.com slash geek and don't forget to use that College Info Geek promo code when you sign up.
Big thanks to Curiosity Stream for being a sponsor and supporting our show. And I also have to extend a big thanks to our other sponsor this week, Brilliant. Brilliant is a fantastic learning resource for anyone hoping to improve their skills and knowledge in math, science, and computer science. And for anyone hoping to become a better problem solver overall, which I hope that you are that kind of a person. Because if you've been following College of Vogue for any length of time, you know that the best way to learn, the most effective, efficient, and quick way to learn is to learn actively, to immediately throw yourself into challenging problems, to get into the thick of it, not to learn passively. And that is the learning philosophy that Brilliant applies to every single course they build. They know that active learning always beats passive learning. And that is the philosophy that Brilliant applies to every single course they build, which is why when you start taking one of those courses, you're going to be immediately thrown into tough problems that you may get stuck on even pretty early on. I know when I started taking their computer science algorithms course, I got stuck on a pretty early problem and I had to consult their wiki, do some in-depth learning, and then come back with new knowledge to solve that initial problem. Within Brilliance Library, you're going to find tons of different courses you can take, ranging from math courses like calculus and algebra to science courses like gravitational physics and classical mechanics, and tons of computer science courses as well. But the course that I'm going to recommend for you guys this week is their probability course, because just the other night I was going through the uh, College Info Geek podcast archives, and I came across episode 57, which was about rationality and precise thinking. And I was just reminded of this fascination I have with probabilities and how thinking in probability even from a holistic standpoint, can help you make better decisions. And if you take an actual probability course and figure out how it works, then your abilities in that area grow even further. So that is the course that I'm going to recommend you start with if you want to listen to me. Otherwise, go ahead and sink your teeth into anything in their library. Now, you can start learning for free today by going over to brilliant.org slash collegeofvogeek. And if you're one of the first 83 people to use that link and sign up, you're going to get 20% off your annual premium subscription. Once again, that is brilliant.org slash collegeofvogeek. And if you were one of the first 83 people to use that link and sign up, you're going to get 20% off of your annual premium subscription. As always, got to give a huge thanks to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode and in general being a huge supporter of College of Geek and the work that we do here. Let's get back into it. So my third book, <clears throat> third fiction suggestion here is one that makes you think. So methods of rationality would probably also work for you there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, my pick was Sirens of Titan because that book led me down like a path of more philosophical uh, thinking about morality and, mm. and ethics and stuff. Basically all Vonnegut books make me think a lot. Yeah. But just one that kind of expands your perspective in a, in a I don't know, a deeper way. What fiction have I read? I haven't read a whole lot of fiction this year, especially fiction that made me think because Anna's been having me read this trilogy of fantasy books that – while good, haven't made me think a whole lot. That's, they're, they're more like for fun, fun fantasy yeah. adventure stuff. But all, like all Vonnegut's books make me go, I really don't know how I feel about that situation. Is that good or bad? That's interesting. And I, and I love being able to challenge myself like mm. that. I remember having a conversation with you where I, I had said Sirens of Titan would have done the same thing for me if not for the fact that I had already read Methods of Rationality. Yeah. I think it did the same thing for me that that book did for you. And I enjoyed that book. Yeah. So I can't think of another unique one off the top of my head that made me think a lot. So I'm just going to go back to that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my prediction is that people will like this tip more than any other. So good job. I tried. Because I think it's pretty good. I was like, I got to think of a way to sneak books in here, but like yeah. I got to make it a weird starter kit kind of thing. I love r slash starter kits. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've not. It's a good subreddit. Just like, I don't know, like hipster starter kit or... <laughs> Like, I don't know, <laughs> Call of Duty Gamer Starter Kit or something like that. I've, always, of I've always wanted Halo. to start being a Call of Duty Gamer. 
Well, you can. All right. If you find that starter kit, I'm sure it exists. All right. Uh, my next one is a lot less insightful. It's a plug strip. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's great because that's like a very useful thing, but <laughs> it's just, it's like so simple. It's so simple. There's really not I much love to it. say about it. Um, <laughs> the reason this is on my list is because I travel a lot and this is less of an issue now because I think devices have gotten better with their batteries, but for much of my adult life, when I would travel, I would need a place to plug in at the airports and people are always hogging the uh, airport outlets. So I would travel with a plug strip and then I would come up and say, Hey, do you mind if I plug this in? Then I can, we could both use the power. So that Uh, would allow me to get work done at the airport, but also often was a conversation starter. So I actually met people that way. And I guess I could just walk out to people and talk to them, but this was kind of like an interesting, like very easy organic way to start a conversation. Yeah. So a little bit more than just, Oh, it gives you power, but yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. A funny one to follow up yours with. Yeah. Not much more to say about that. So I'll let you. Okay. So, well, well, time. here I go again. It's the nonfiction starter <laughs> kit. <laughs> of course. Of course it is. We had to give people a little bit of a break there. Yeah. It was the plug strip. <laughs> Calm down. Calm your brains down. All right. So, uh, one, a productivity book. So essentialism okay. is my suggestion there. I'm going to go with 10 steps to earning awesome grades by Thomas. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. No, I'm going to go with, um, you said essentialism. Yep. I'm going to go with deep work. That Tell was my, work. that was my next, uh, if you've read both of those, Atomic Habits and the Productivity Project are both okay. also r- really, really good. Also just don't, you know, don't, you don't need to reread the same productivity book necessarily. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, one that's pretty obvious productivity. Two is a book about a random topic that fascinates you. So I just mm. read a book on botany and Learning is is fun and humans love to learn, but it's easy to forget that we love to learn when we're forced to learn nothing but things we don't care about and yeah. we, we don't have any fun doing it. So just something completely – I'm not doing a botany project. I'm not making a botany website. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not particularly good at it at this time. It was just to be like, that's really fascinating. Yeah. And just just learning. Mine would be The Victorian Internet by Tom Standage, which is a history of the development of the telegraph. That does sound interesting. I thought it was really cool. And then it goes into how that turned into the development of the phone, and it's basically like the pre- precursor to everything we do. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Uh, like, I just feel like sometimes we get too bogged down by classwork, and we forget that it's fun to learn new things. Yeah. Uh, and the third is a cookbook that makes food exciting. Mm. So my favorite is Isa Does It by Isa Chandra Moskowitz. But, uh, and I, haven't, I certainly haven't used every recipe. Yeah. But just flipping through it and looking at the recipes and looking at her suggestions for cooking utensils, I get excited about food. It resonates with me. And anything that makes cooking resonate with you is good because, like, cooking is one of the most simple habits you can form that will make you a healthier person. Yeah. Mass-produced food is not good. It's nope. You know, businesses try to cut corners because their goal is profiting. But um, – and, and for a long time in human history, cooking wasn't an option – for most people, or not cooking wasn't an option. I mean, like you had to cook or you just couldn't eat food. And when I cook, it makes me feel closer to nature when I have to prepare solid real foods like that. Mine would be The Science of Cooking by Dr. Stuart Fairmont. That's a good one. Um, Do you have one too? 
No, I saw I saw it when you picked it when you picked it at, the, right. at the store, and I, and I was flipping through it, and I was like, "This is really fascinating." Actually, it's a really cool book. It doesn't have many recipes, if any, but what it does have is explanations of basically everything in cooking, like the doneness levels of steak and how to tell, or how to cook things in papouette, or um, the different utensils you might need, or the I keep always forgetting the the name of the process that happens when you cook food. It'll be I in feel, the comments. I feel like I know. There's there's a word what you're talking for it. about. Yeah, I don't. But, but yeah, and it doesn't matter that that doesn't have recipe because like you can get recipes on the internet, and that's that's why I think it's got to be one that resonates with you and makes you feel good and excited. Yeah, it's like it's the name. It's like the name that. I don't know. That describes the reaction that happens, and I just oh it's yeah, it's right on the it's, tip of my it's tongue. It's so close. I just can't. But I can't find it. And googling cooking process name. May Mayard. The what? May Mayard Mailard May, something with an M. Mailard reaction or something Some, like that. Something like that. It's something like that. I'm not quite sure. And now I don't its know if origin I can or its spelling. Yeah. So I can't. I don't know that I can pronounce it, but I think it's that. Like it looks like Mayard. If I'm yes. pronouncing the L's like a Y. You're correct. Yep. That's what it is. If if not pronounced maybe this exact right way, but I think that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, that. So it's just, I don't know. I found it more interesting than a cookbook because it taught me the science of cooking. And I kind of understood things. Like this is why you salt a steak before you put it in the fridge. And this is why you want to put it in the fridge for 30 minutes before you cook it. I'm like, oh, okay. I understand it now. Yeah. It's not just blindly telling me what to do. It's telling me why. Oh, and you know what? I was watching uh, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat mm-hmm. the, uh, on Netflix. It's based on a, on a book, too. But it taught me the difference between coarse and fine salt, and I never even a- occurred to me to oh. think about it. But, like, the fine salt dissolves quicker, so it tastes saltier, so you put it on strong-tasting stuff like meat. But coarse salt's slower, so you put it on, like, vegetables so that you can taste the vegetable and it's not super salty. Oh, my God. And I was like, that is such a simple, but, like, that makes so much sense. So even you yeah. know even if you're just going to watch a documentary on Netflix, there are plenty of good ones on cooking. I don't care that it, it doesn't have to be a book, but something that makes cooking exciting. I would recommend Mind of a Chef. Love that series. I don't think I've seen that one. Four Forty Out for Anthony Bourdain. That one hit me hard. Uh, yeah, but he narrates it, and the first season follows uh, David Chang, and it's just it's awesome. Yeah. And there's a bunch of cool sciencey stuff in there. Also, uh, Good Eats, of course. Good Eats is fantastic. And uh, Chef's Table, the episode with Jean Quan, the Chef's South, South Korean uh, Buddhist. Chef's Table doesn't that excited teach me. you how to cook as much, I think. It's more just No, it like, just excites me. Yeah, it does get you excited, and that's also useful. Uh, I would say Good Eats is the closest thing to the science of cooking in TV show form. It's like Bill Nye the Science Guy, but for cooking. Yeah. Uh, only problem with that one is you have to buy it, I think, on Amazon. There's no oh, way yeah. you can stream it. Mm. They were on Netflix for a while, but that was a while back. Fair. All right, my next one is a pocket knife. I don't know if I have mine on me. No, I don't. It's out in the living room. Um, I use the Rat 2 from Ontario Knives. I believe it is about $20, just a folding pocket knife. It's surprising how much of a life improvement a pocket knife is from being able to open you know, packages more easily. It can become a useful tool at times. You may want to get like a Swiss Army knife. I find a pocket knife just works. Yeah, I, I actually never thought I would need one until you got me one during our... Uh... When I gave you the ultimate man box. Yeah, and that pocket <laughs> knife, I use it all the time. Yep. And I never would have thought about it. I'd be like, I use scissors to open a box. This is way better to open, like, everything. It's so much better for it. It's so much better, but 
I don't know about you, it sometimes tempts me to open things where I should use scissors. Like if there's a zip tie around something, I'm like, uh, I better go make the scissors. Because it's a I life, open those with my knife. It's a life <laughs> deprovement if you cut your finger open yes. on yes. the knife. Uh, so please use the scissors. I mean, if I can't do it safely with the knife, I definitely get scissors. But the knife's more fun. It is more fun. It does make you feel cooler, and that is a life improvement. Yep. Well, I also got like a, the hatchet, you know? And I could yeah. use that to open the zip tie next time if I just hold the hatchet you could. still and swing the axe near my fingers. That's true. What all did I put in that box? It was There was like a beard kit or something. I remember putting – I filled it with cedar chips, and then I put a hatchet, and then, uh, the pocket knife. Blood Meridian. Blood Meridian. <laughs> <laughs> the manliest book I could think of. It's also brutal. And, um, oh, a tiny bottle of very, very peaty scotch. Ah, uh, yes. That's what it was. <laughs> yes, it was a good kit. That was, was one of my favorite But, yeah, I've pocket given. knife, surprisingly useful. Yeah, yeah, very useful thing. So I'm going to put that on the list, and I'm going to recommend the Rat 2 from Ontario Knives. I did an afternoon of research once, and everyone liked it, and it was 20 bucks. So I've, I think I've given the Rat 2 to at least three people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't given it to you because I got you one that I thought looked better for the gift set because it has that little wooden texture Naturally. on it. Um, but I've given the rat to my brother. I've given one to a couple friends. It's a good gift, actually. Knives are the gift that keep on giving. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. That I, I don't know where the context is there. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm think about it too hard. I'm not sure. Let's have you move on to your next one. All right. <laughs> so uh, seven is a personal blender. Yes. So uh, smoothies are one of my favorite ways to uh, pre or post workout Mm -hmm. uh, nourish myself. It's a good way to get some extra vegetables in, get your leafy greens and stuff. And while I have a slightly more expensive blender now, I had been using for quite a long time this little $20 like Oster, Oster, I don't know how they pronounce it, one. Mm -hmm. And it was just $20. It's just like a personal water bottle size thing. You put the ingredients in, blend it, and drink it immediately out of the container. Oh, nice. So it's like like a cheaper Nutribullet. Yeah, it's like that, but it's it's less powerful, so it's not going to necessarily break up seeds and fancy stuff. But it'll break through frozen fruits and leafy greens and, you know, it gets the job done. It's 20 bucks. It is a very easy starter into the life of starting to care more about your health. Much more yeah. easy than a Vitamix, which is like $300. I know this now because I have bought one. And, and you know, I kind of <laughs> still want one someday because they're supposed to be really strong at certain things. But the $20 yeah. one, fantastic starting point. Now that I've used my Vitamix, because you asked me. You asked me how I thought. Yeah, like whether it was worth it after the, after the Nutribullet. Uh, now that I've used it for a couple weeks, yes. Because it just... It can blend my smoothies to a consistency and smoothness that the usual yeah. couldn't do, and I'm not worried about it breaking. Yeah, it's supposed to be able to break powerful. through little tiny seeds and That's ice and like thing. everything perfectly. Actually, yes. With the Nutribullet, I would always have to like, I would get the chia seeds stuck in my teeth, and I would have to bite through them. Yep. With this, that happens so much less often. I can blend those seeds just perfectly. Yeah, because it's hard smoothie. to break through those, but mm-hmm. but like. But that's expensive. But so it doesn't like it doesn't upgrade. matter for starting your health journey. Yeah. The personal one, I used it for like all of college and a lot of my time here in Denver, actually. I was still using it. Yeah. I'm so. really glad you put that on the list. I forgot that there were blenders for under fifty dollars, but of course there are. And yeah. it's it's ridiculously easy to make smoothies. Oh, also it's it's a really small counter uh footprint. It's yeah. it's since it's just a little water bottle shape, it's a really small blender. So that's true something that cannot be said for the Vitamix. It cannot. That thing is big. <laughs> I do not keep the pitcher on the counter because the base plus the pitcher doesn't even fit under the cabinets. <laughs> it's really tall. It's a monster. 
Okay, uh, how much do I have left here? I think I only have three. That sounds about right. So my next one is a toolkit. Uh, my first toolkit, my mom bought it for me for college. I think it was like a $30 set from Walmart. Made me the hero of my dorm because so many people never came with toolkits and I was able to help people put together their loft beds and fix things and I can fix anything that I need to around the house. Uh, so start out with just a cheap $30 one from Walmart. It'll get you like a serviceable ratchet set, serviceable pliers, screwdriver, hammer, a tape measure, basically things that you don't really think you need until you need them. And then you're glad you have them. Yeah. Um, and I think a theme of this list has been that we have started out with things under $50 and then, and then moved to more expensive things. Same thing has happened with my toolkit. I now have like a custom tool bag and I've individually selected tools from brands that I want and care about, but that's been a long process. And that started with just my cheapo $30 just set from Walmart. Yeah. And I think one of the the hidden benefits here that's less obvious than being able to fix stuff is that when you've got the stuff there to fix stuff, you feel a little less helpless. Mm, You do. And you think of things if you don't own the tools, sometimes you never even think that you could do something. So your, your brain just passes you, over. You skip right over the problem. But if you have the tools, you might see something in your apartment and be like, wait a minute, I could improve that. Yeah. Ooh. And that that's empowering. That's mm-hmm. how you start to be a good problem solver is by, you know, having this stuff available and challenging yourself. Like for the longest time, the window in our living room was just like this boring window with these awful vertical blinds. And then one day I was like, you know what I have? I have a screwdriver and a drill and all these things and a level. I could put up curtains. Yeah. And they look so much better. Yeah, you don't have to be like, oh, I can't do anything about that. You you realize, wait, mm-hmm. I can fix this myself. Yes. And maybe you could build yourself an elaborate podcast set. Yeah. Because this thing required tools to build. I'm pointing at the shelf behind it's a, us it's for a good listener audience. It's a good shelf. It's, pretty, it's a decent shelf. It does its job. I remember when we got it's this It's Velcroed thing to the wall. And we realized it would not stand on its it own. It does not. It's too thin. <laughs> it is Velcroed to the wall, and it looks pretty good. But it look it looks nice. Yes. So, yes, toolkit. Yeah, yeah toolkit's a solid one. All right. Uh, my next is a meditation cushion, or Zafu, okay. or a meditation bench. Okay. So, a little fold-out one that I got. So, basically, every, you know, lots of people talked about why meditation's useful. Yes. It's it's it can help you stay calm. It's good for your like heart rate and breathing skills you know, because learning to breathe correctly, we a lot of us breathe too shallow because we're used to electronics and we're not paying attention to our physical presence. You do a video on that. You know, it's yeah. and it, and that's not good for us. It they increases it anxiety and heart rate. They call it screen apnea. Yeah, it's not it's not good for you. But meditation is good for you for lots of things. And you know what makes it better is when you're comfortable. And you know what's really uncomfortable is sitting on the floor cross-legged whether it be regular cross-legged or in half or full lotus, some fancy meditation position, yep. unsupported. That's it's not. You're like using your lower back in ways that aren't that comfortable. Yeah. And like the reason you get the cushion is because if you're sitting half or full lotus, your knees are ideally touching the ground, and then you're sitting on the cushion, so you're forming like a tripod that mm-hmm. just supports you, and you just kind of naturally are sitting up. Yeah. Because you can't meditate for like. You know, the monks were meditating for, like, hours. They can't do that if they're, like, working out their back the whole time. True. You know? And then there's this meditation bench that uh, we can link to in the show notes. I don't remember uh, who made it. But I got it on Amazon. And uh, basically, it'll allow you to sit, um, like, kneeling, like Seiza. Mm-hmm. But it'll allow you to put your feet under the bench and you sit on the bench. So if when you would sit like that normally, you're kind of straining your ankles a lot of us don't have very flexible ankles to do that yeah 
then you can sit on this bench. It's perfectly comfortable. And meditation is a lot easier when your body kind of falls into place so that you can focus on your breathing and your mind more mm -hmm. so than, this is really uncomfortable. Do I have three more minutes left? I hate this. Yeah. Yeah. I also want to mention that I am now breathing manually. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you remind me of breathing and now I'm like... Oh, I totally I totally get stuck. Like, like if I get too into something, I'm like, oh, wait a second. Am I breathing? Yeah. I should do that. I should probably keep breathing <laughs> because it, my my ability to think through this problem is going to go way down. Mm -hmm. And it's just a habit that we fall into. Meditation helps with it. So does yoga, I think. Yoga does. Meditation does. Um, singing. Like if you take vocal lessons. That makes sense. If you take lessons for any kind of instrument that is like a breath kind of a uh, woodwind or brass. Obviously, guitar is not really going to help your breath much. Yeah. But anything where the practice of the thing requires that you breathe deliberately or use good breathing technique will actually carry over into your everyday life. Uh, there's a whole article about, well, not article, it's, it's in a book I have um, about screen apnea, basically shallow breathing problem with electronics. So I do want to do a video on that at some point. And I've always, I've been like telling myself, that's, you know, it's too small of a topic for a video, but I think it would be good. I think it's Just useful. It. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think this is my penultimate item here, and it is my money tree. And uh, it's not a tree that grows not, money, not unfortunately. Like a, not like that one. It Man. is just a real small tree that I have in my living room. And really, I'm just going to recommend plants. And this is just something that improves my mental health. I just like having an environment with plants in it. I never really considered it until this year, and then I went out and got some. Uh, I think we started out with very, very cheap succulents, just in a pot. And I don't know, it, it's a little bit meditative to water them every morning or whenever they need to be watered. And I just like having them in my apartment. They just make it a better place to be. Yeah. I think having something to take care of like that is, mm -hmm. is also like a responsibility builder in the same way that the yeah. toolkit is an independence builder. Yeah, I would agree with that. I do have to ask you to take care of my plants sometimes. That's true. So. I mean, you're gone. And asking me to take care of it is proving your responsibility by not saying, eh, it'll probably be fine. Let's just That's true. let the plant die while I'm gone. You think enough to make sure somebody's taking care of it. The funny thing is we live in a very dry state. Yeah. And the money tree is a tropical plant that loves humidity. So we have an apartment full of succulents and, and aloe and then the money tree. And the money tree does the best. Yeah, like the well, succulents have little, withered and died. <laughs> it's got the little thing under it, humidifying it better. And, I think and, I've just put more care into yeah, it. Yeah, you'll probably yeah. also pay more attention because it's the one most likely to die here. That's true, yeah. Yeah, I think with some of the other ones, we thought, oh, it'll be okay to put it into a pot without drainage. They're succulents. We never I, have to I water feel them like, anyway. I feel like, like the public has been maybe misled about succulents because they seem to die really easily in a lot of situations, and yeah. all I hear is how they don't. But yeah. I still see them die. So I think maybe marketing has done something for succulents. It's possible. Yeah, there's probably some like minimum standard of care. And Let me read my next like, botany book and find out. They just draw water from the air. You never have to do anything. Uh, now you got to do something. Well, yeah, not, not when there's no water in the air. Like, True. Like here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What's your, uh, what's your next one? Or I guess, is this your last one? This is, this is my penultimate. Penultimate okay. number nine is a domain name. Oh. Yeah, I thought that was pretty clever because having a domain name 
could huh. it could mean anything. So I got my personal website, martinbay.me. That that lets me control my personal brand. That's valuable. That's true. I bought I want to fly with hippos. That kept me my first job out of college with making a love letter site. I just bought yomartholomew.photos because that's an extension Ooh, now. That's pretty good. So that way I can casually sell prints. Mm-hmm. And that's like all of those domain names are cheap, but the possibilities they represent and the yeah. projects they enable mean something. As long as you don't get into the habit of buying too many domain names no. and never doing anything with them. I am sitting on a few, <laughs> but they're for a project that I meant to complete earlier this year. Okay. But like, as long as you do something with it, a domain name could could be a game changer because yeah. like it puts out your project to the world. That is true. This episode is not even sponsored by Hover. Yep. So well, that's just proof that I put it on the list on purpose for me. That's true. Yeah, um, I st- I still go there to get them. Yeah, they don't just sponsor us for me to say that I I do. Hover, I said this on accident. Give us give us money. <laughs> I, no, that's I an organic. Paid, I get paid every time I say it. Yeah, Hover TM <laughs> brought to you by Carl Jr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie so much. Okay. Um, I guess my my final one is actually kind of an advertisement for a service. Uh, it's a subscription to Google Drive, okay, or Dropbox or Spider Oak or Box or literally any cloud sync service that allows you to have your files everywhere. That Spider one has a cool name, so I'm I'm gonna give it that. And I think it was this morning or last night. I was I was trying to convince Anna, and she's gonna hear this, and she's going to give me crap about it because she edits this. <laughs> I just now realized this, but I and I'm on it. I'm committed. I gotta say it now. I was trying to convince Anna to move all of her files into her Dropbox folder because I think she uses Dropbox. And she's like, I don't want to do that because what if I don't have internet? Then the files are all on Dropbox and I can't work on them on my computer. So I think she gets this. So I'm not like, dear Anna, I'm not telling this to you. I'm telling it to everyone else who might not get it. What Dropbox and Google Drive and all these all these programs you install on your computer do is they upload your files to the cloud, but they don't take them off your computer. So all your files are stored on your local drive, they're stored in the cloud, and they're stored on the drive of any computer you have that software installed on. And then when you use your mobile apps, you're accessing the version in the cloud. And anytime you make a change to one of those files in any location, the software notes that change and then updates the file across all of your locations. So it means you have access to everything everywhere and you can do work anywhere and it's going to sync your changes everywhere. Yeah, and you've got the backup by default because like Dropbox or Drive or whichever one you're using, that's the online backup. Now your computer and any computer you're using with the files is a backup. Any external hard drive you use for backups is a backup. I've got so many backups of all my files, I'm not scared at all about losing them. And this is the big thing. If you don't keep, if you don't backup your files somehow, you are trusting that one computer to save them. And computers die. Yep. Your house could catch on fire. It could fall out the window somehow. Or more more likely than not, the hard drive just fails somehow. Yeah, I hard might steal fail. it. I have some hard... Like, there's one hard drive in there that's probably four years old at this point. And I'm very cognizant of the fact that I should probably just get a new one, transfer everything over, and just kiss it goodbye. Because someday it will die on me, I know. And I would rather get ahead of that. It's devastating to lose your files. Yeah, so. that's a lot of work. And you could lose things that you need access to. Um... The reason that I recommend Google Drive is purely for price reasons. Because as far as I know, every other service out there, I'll use Dropbox as my little nitpick. They are either free, and with Dropbox is two, two gigabytes free, or you gotta pay $10 a month for a full terabyte. Google Drive gives you 15 gigabytes for free, 
Mm. And that's pretty good. They do also that they have, for ten dollars a month you get two terabytes, so double the space. But they also have a two dollar per month plan that gives you hundred gigabytes. Uh, and I, other than maybe you, I don't even know if your photos take up hundred gigs. Maybe they do. My video footage they do. Does. My, I've got terabytes of video footage, but anything that isn't video footage, I keep in Drive. And I think most people on this planet do not need 100 gigabytes. I think most people, unless they're photographers or videographers or creatives of some sort, don't even need more than the 15 that you get for free. Yeah. So I recommend Google Drive simply for price reasons, but most of these services work very similarly. Um, I know Dropbox integrates well with like Microsoft Office. Microsoft Office has their own, or I guess Microsoft. I don't remember what it's called, One OneDrive maybe? That sounds right, maybe. They're all pretty similar. So use whatever you want. Um, but yeah, one thing you said is these also back up your files. And the great thing is if you delete your files, they go into a trash in like say Google Drive where you can recover them. Yeah. So I think it would be crazy not to to be backing up your files. In if you're way. doing something important on a computer, I see no reason why you would not do yes. this. Um, and for the creatives out there, I also will mention that I personally, in addition to Google Drive, use a service called Backblaze. And I've been trying to get them as a sponsor on this podcast for a long time. Yeah. I don't think we've, I think we maybe had one Backblaze ad like a long time ago. Uh, I would love to advertise them more because I love them. For $5 a month, they back up an unlimited amount of data. Now, I think for most people, you could you could think of it as maybe like a redundant backup service. So for particularly paranoid people like myself, that is a benefit. But for me in particular, it means I can back up all my video footage too. Yeah, which is a lot. So I like have that's a good benefit. Seven terabytes of video footage backed up to Backblaze. So if there's a fire here and all my hard drives, including my backup ones, are burnt to a crisp, I still have every piece of video footage I've ever shot. Yeah. Is there. That's invaluable. Which is great. Like, cause some, I, there have been instances where I need it. I remember there was uh there was a project where a company wanted to license some video footage. They wanted to license, I think 20 of my videos and they needed slight changes to be made to them. Uh, and that was a multi-thousand dollar contract. And you need the raw old files. And I needed the raw old files so I could open up the projects and so I could remove things or tweak things or make cuts. Uh, so I could take off little end cards that are only useful for YouTube. So if I had not had all that footage still, I don't know what I would have done. I would have been missing out on many thousands of dollars. Yeah. So I think if you're creative, you should keep most of what you create. There are exceptions. I don't believe that we keep the raw files from this podcast because I can't see an instance where we really need to go in and redo a podcast video. We don't do any B-roll. We don't do any cuts. Yeah, we don't really and edit it. So. There are three cameras for like an hour of footage. That's a lot. So a lot of storage <laughs> for probably not needed. Yeah, but for my videos, I make cuts. They're big creative projects. I want to keep everything. Yeah. So use cloud backup of some sort. All right, last one for you. Last one is a reusable water bottle. Ooh, yes. I spend Agreed. so much of my time dehydrated. It's really dumb particularly here in Denver. And I think a lot of us are probably a little dehydrated most of the time. And these kind of tiny little stresses on our body, we have so many different ones, not just dehydration, but we're like begging ourselves 
to ruin our bodies and minds. We're like, yeah. hey, what if I don't breathe well? Because I'm looking at my electronics. Hey, what if I'm constantly running low on the one main thing my body wants to function <laughs> all over it? What if we just hurt ourselves a little bit every day for 10 years? What's going to happen? Yeah. We'll be hurt a lot. So just a it's reusable like water bottle. Yeah, thing. it's like it helps me remember the one thing that I forget far too often. It's hard to remember to drink water. At least it helps me remember when I keep it clean and on my desk. Yeah. So I do that, or I did that video on hydration, which basically stated that you basically need a drink to thirst. So I don't know if we're constantly running like dehydrated. Maybe some people Oh, are. I am. But I know that people definitely replace water with drinks they shouldn't be drinking so much of. Like a lot of people probably hydrate with coffee or soda or just bad drinks when they should be doing water. And I agree that having a, uh, a water bottle that's just there, convenient, within arm's reach. Yeah, and at the very least, it'll save a lot of temporary use water bottles. True. It saves Sa- water save, bottles. Save like the planet. Save the whales. Drink less soda. Definitely drink less soda. Soda pops. They're tasty, I guess, but they're bad for you. All right. Well, that's, I think, 20 items. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 19. We had a We had an overlap or two. Well, it's okay. I had like the starter kits for books, so we made up That's for it. That's true. You know? I think the show notes for this episode are going to be ridiculous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think Jeremy's going to have to go do a bunch of research. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to send him some specific stuff that I got. Yeah. Uh, just like in advance, Jeremy, charge me $10 extra for this episode because there's going to be a lot of It's going to be a lot of stuff. Anyway, um, if you, dear listener, want to go get all those show notes, cigpodcast.com slash episode. Wow, not slash episode. cigpodcast.com slash 239 is where you can go to get links to everything we mentioned here, to the books that we maybe gave as examples for your circuits. I think we mentioned a lot of stuff, so. Yep. Have fun. There's going to be a big old list there. And if you are watching this on YouTube or Facebook, there is a link in the description down below or to the side, so you can click that as well. And if you enjoy this podcast, number one, make sure that you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, whatever podcast app you like to listen to. Um, I noticed, which we need to fix, that we took the direct download link off of the show oh, notes yeah, pages, that's so not, probably that's should not add that back one. in. I'll put it back. But... For people who don't know, if you subscribe to the podcast and a podcast app, including Spotify, which I didn't know until today, you can download those episodes for offline listening. So if you're watching us on YouTube, you probably got to be connected to the internet, but any podcast app is going to be downloading those episodes directly to your phone or your device, and then you can listen to them regardless of whether you're connected to the internet. I thought that Spotify was an exception and only streamed episodes, but today I was listening to Money Lab and I noticed a little download icon. Cool. So... And I don't know if you need premium or not, but I'm guessing most people listening to us on Spotify, well, maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. Spotify has a download link for me, yep. at least. So check it if Spotify is the platform you want to use. If you really like this show, share it with a friend, maybe send them your favorite episode so they can maybe have that be their favorite episode as well and they can become a weekly listener. And if you also want to keep supporting the show, a great way to do it in addition to sharing it would be to leave us a rating and review over in Apple Podcasts if you are an Apple Podcast listener. But regardless of whether or not you decide to do that, um, just want to say thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for sticking with us for 239 episodes so far. We're not going anywhere anytime soon, so uh, stick around for new episodes every single Monday morning. And until the next one comes out, stay cute.